On this episode of Resi Week, we talk virtual power plants, Audio Advice's new home theater designer, and Surgex adds isolation transformers. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 239, SUPS, UPS, and MDUs. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to this week's episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and this week we are pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have my sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV in Buffalo. How are you doing, Heather? I am doing just peachy keen. Matthew, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Did you recover from the uh, the kayaking and the stand-up paddleboarding and all the other fun things you were doing last week? I did. It was, it, we, you know, work hard, play hard. Finger legs, right? Um, and like outside the Adirondacks. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful country up there. Hmm. Then on the other side of the East Coast, way down at the bottom, we have Seth Johnson. He is the software development manager from Blackwire Design. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? Great. I don't have. I don't know if you were on a sup uh, earlier last I, I week. I was not supping. No, 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 I, no supping. I, I've seen people do that, and I've tried it once. I've tried it once. It did it's not work. Out. Than, it's harder than it looks. It is. You fall off the core. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I try to do it up here. Um, when we go to a, a cottage that we go to on one of the, the Great Lakes. And it's fine if you're out like super early in the morning or super late at night. But if you go out like middle of the day when there's waves. Yeah, we were in a reservoir too. Yeah, so it was flat. Nice yeah. and flat, yeah. Yeah, if there's waves, it's not bad once you get out, out, but trying to get out and now I, I can surf, but I can't sup. It's a, it's a terrible thing. All right, enough about supping. Uh, let's talk about a very interesting MDU thing to continue with the three-letter uh, subjects. This comes to us from CE Pro. There is a $130 million project that is bringing Sonin Energy to 3,000 MDU homes. The Wasatch, I think, Energy Group and Sonin are partnering to outfit some California apartments with their virtual power plant in intelligent battery energy storage solutions. Um, if you don't know a lot about Sonin, uh, they obviously create uh, battery power systems for your home that you can put in to uh, either supplement your existing power to be backup generation, uh, to harness solar and all other kinds of fun uh, energy efficient things. But one of the cool features that, in my opinion, doesn't get talked about enough is the virtual power plant side of things. What that means is if you uh, have a community with Sonin power in there, all of those homes can kind of work together and their, their, their battery systems will talk to each other to create uh, a, a, really a power plant. And they can use solar to generate that, put that into all those uh, batteries within all the homes and distribute it out among uh, that community of homes as well. It, it's really, really cool cutting edge stuff and is doing a lot, especially in this case out in California where power can be a problem, we'll say. Heather, I want to start with you on this. We've been pitched uh, by by Sonin and other battery power companies that the the the, the home technology professional is the person 
who can manage this and, and, and make these systems really effective. It's not the solar company. Uh, it's not necessarily even the energy company, but it's the HTPs who can, can automate this and, and deal with load shedding and all the fun things that go into that. Is this something that most HTPs have the bandwidth to, to, to really even look into or, or leverage at all? Or is it, is it too big of a, a nut to crack? I think it depends on the company, right? So who, what are the magic powers of the people within your company and where do you want to go? Um, if you have a electrician on hand, that's certainly helpful. Someone that truly understands power. But I'm going to bet that most, if we took a survey of everybody out there, um, power may not be their strongest suit. Um, so I think, it, it, again, it's going to depend on the same thing with the network, right? We talk about that HTP should absolutely be handling the network in the home. One of my favorite CD lines ever was the year they said, own the network, own the home. That is still true today. Um, and today more than ever, because suddenly that is no longer invisible. Um, because I need to video conference at the same time my kids are watching Netflix at home. Um, so it, it's certainly a play. I'm, I'm a big believer in diverse portfolio. So if you have a portfolio right now that you feel isn't super diverse and you have an area of where that's needed, Jump. Very good. Seth, this is a this is a topic that I love, but I hate all at the same time. I am don't laugh, Heather. I am enamored with the concept of of battery backup for a home. Um, where where I live, not honestly dissimilar from Heather, we have surface power lines. Uh, we deal with all four seasons, uh, including we got, you know, hurricane holdover winds yesterday that took down a bunch of trees. Um, and knocked out a bunch of power. We deal with ice, we deal with snow, we deal with all kinds of fun things um, that take down the grid. I love this concept of, you know, putting solar on my roof and having a, a battery in the house that recharges and, and, and provides me with some, some peace of mind, if you will. My company has worked with Sonin before. We've pitched the product multiple times. We have not been able to sell it. People love the idea. They don't really want to invest into it. It's, it's an expensive uh, gamut to, to jump into that no matter which vendor you use. Is this something where scale really is the key for, for HTPs to, to look at? Is it something where you have to have ultra high net worth clients or that you have to be able to work with somebody um, like, like this uh, Washit Energy Group that has the capacity to say, hey, we're going to put this into 3,000 homes and we want to work with you. Yeah, I think that uh, I mean, everything that I've seen about solar and these renewable energies or, or that scaling is a huge uh, price factor. It comes down to being huge for the price of, of the product at the end. So I think if, if, if I brought uh, Sonin 3,000 residential units, they would probably have a different uh, approach to that game than if it, well, I was just selling into one or two homes at a time you know, for one-offs. Um, but at the same and at the same time, they have support of the the local or uh, utility contractor in, in the area. Which, it, it, like you said, in California, that that's that's a great thing to be kind of off the grid because I know that they go through uh, rolling blackouts all the time because of the the fires and and things that they have like high energy uses that they have during the during the year. So, yeah, I, I would say it's it's not so much to scaling on on the integrator side. I mean, if the integrator did have the ability to sell into a 3,000 unit neighborhood, 
uh, that would definitely be a lot an easier, you know, at, at the, at the higher, at the, um, development level, the developer level, uh, rather than at the single resident level, I think that would probably go over a little bit better, um, and, and be easier to kind of like sell and, uh, spoon feed <laughs> into the client. Very good. Very good. I like it. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from residential systems. Uh, audio advice has released a free home theater 3d design tool. What this tool does is you just go to the, their audio advice website. It's if you don't know audio advice, they're a uh, specialty consumer electronics retailer. They've got a fairly large e-commerce site, uh, but don't misunderstand, they are direct to consumer. That is their game. Uh, but they have created this really cool uh, home theater designer where you punch in your the kind of the dimensions of your room, uh, as well as how many seats you want, where you want, uh, whether you want a projector or a TV, all those kind of uh, fun things that you know we all like to sit there and, and design in our head about. And it spits out an email. I uh, I actually did one this afternoon, and it's gave me a, a nice email as well as a link where I could go in and see the design that I did and uh, get all the information as far as you know what I selected and, and, and how it fits for me. So Seth, let me, let me start with you on this. This is, as I said, or, or gave the caveat, this is kind of designed for that DIY user. It's designed for the homeowner. Uh, to play with. It's not necessarily for our channel, although I'm sure they'd love it if our channel kind of adopted it and started to use it. Is this something where you as an integrator have to go in and, and know that your client may have played with this so that when you walk in and say, hey, here's our thought, they're going to say, well, I made this and this is what I want. Is, it, is this something that we can leverage as far as either, hey, if you want to play with some designs, here, use this, and then we can talk. Or is this just one of those weird tools that we're going to have to kind of fight against, if you will? Uh, I, I think it's it's a simple tool for like these simple designs that you were talking about for, for the end user. Uh, theaters aren't, I mean, at this level, theaters aren't very hard to do, right? It's it's all about basically figuring out your your throw distance to the screen, where the projector is going to hang on the ceiling, where the fan doesn't fly in front of it, right? Because we've all had those theaters. Um, and, yep. <laughs> uh, and and where to kind of place the speakers? I know it's a little bit harder these days uh, to to put in. I haven't done any because I've been out of this game for a while, but like doing the Atmos uh, level speakers, where you have to have speakers at your level around the room and that kind of thing. So. I think it could probably help with that. I think, I think it'd be a great educational tool if somebody wants to really kind of get into to what they can they can use and and do in the room in the space that they have provided. Um, I think it'd be great for that. One one thing I, I wanted to ask you since you got your email back, does it put pricing on for the room? Does it, it, does, it doesn't it's even cost give, you six figures. That no, it doesn't even give you. Um, as I as I pull it back up, it doesn't even give you like there's no product selection here. It, it's just showing you in my case, a number of rows, riser heights, uh, where the seats are going to be aisles. It shows you what size of screen you can get, where the placement of the screen should be, where the uh, uh, projector should be, and where those speakers are going to live. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily get into anything else. And then it gives you, of course, a have questions, call us at audioadvice.com and we'll help sell you some stuff. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think a, a design and budgeting tool is always a little more helpful than those kind of things. Um, I, it could just be just a, a funnel into, you know, finding people who need, want to buy a couple of speakers for their website and that kind of thing. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I think these tools and these little, these little things are nice to have online. I used to use something free online years ago, a little Excel sheet that somebody had put out and uh, you know, you could type in uh, pretty much the, all this information pretty much get the exact same thing back in, in a less pretty presentation. It would be in an Excel sheet. So, um, you know, it, it was a quick way to figure out and calculate what I needed to go into the room. And so I can get in and have a reasonably educated conversation about uh, what the client's needs were and then, you know, run down what their expectations were and, and, and get budgets put together for the products and, and, and everything that needed to go in the room. Yeah, very good. Heather, Seth brings up a, a really good point. Uh, actually, a, a couple of good points. And since he did that, I'll actually give him credit for it. But when you're looking at these kind of theaters and, and you know, I don't really know how to classify this necessarily from, from the one that I did. It's not giving me that look of, hey, this is something where I'm going to go in and spend easily six figures on. This kind of hits me as that, hey, I've got 20000 to you know, 50, 60,000 to spend on a room and I want to put some stuff together. It, is this something where you're going to look at it and go, okay, this, this kind of gets me started or this gets the client started. But if we actually want to do some, some real engineering, if you will, we're either going to send it to our, our home theater design team, whether that's in-house or, or third party, or we're going to jump into something like CD designer, which, you know, again, I, I ran through this really quickly, but these are two different animals. Uh, the audio advice home theater designer and the, the cinema designer from Cedia, they're completely different. It, it, is this something where it, it, it's just kind of giving you that initial sketch on a napkin? It's, it's about dipping your toe. It's about, I Googled, home theater design and came up with this website and I can quickly within minutes probably plug in some numbers and have an, a concept of what that could look like in my room. Um, it's the beginning. I mean, information's a double-edged sword, especially in our industry. Why, why everybody thinks it's easy and, um, you know, they, they can just get the parts versus, you know, I'm going to remodel my bathroom, but I would never want to install the toilet myself. It's always fascinating to me. Um, you know, if I only had a dollar for every time someone said, oh, that's more than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's always the case. Um, so I think that the, it, it's information is a double-edged sword. It, it allows people to get a sense of what is needed um, and what can be done. And at the same time, maybe bring it to us. Maybe it goes, okay, this is a little bit more serious. Actually, my favorite line in this is, um, you've probably figured out the options can be more confusing than advanced algebra. And maybe that's great for us. If, if there's a, this site and it's free and they're looking at it, maybe for us, for them to get, start getting the idea of this might be more complicated than throwing some speakers in, then they can come to us with a, a beginning. Hey, I think I want this. And those are the kind of clients we want, the ones who are respectful and say, this is what I think I want. And then, but help me because you're the expert versus the ones who are going to do it themselves, use this and buy it on Amazon anyway. Well, it, it, it does, it reminds me of a project we did a couple of years ago where, you know, the client wanted a, a really nice system in his, in his family room. 
So we went ahead and he supplied some stuff because he needed special speakers and some other things. So we mostly just did the install. Went in, got it all installed. We're doing the walkthrough to, to finalize some stuff just before uh, everything gets hooked up. And the client, who, who was a smart guy, looks at me and he goes, well, those speakers aren't where they're supposed to be. They're, they're rear in ceilings. I'm like, they're, they're where we told you they were going to be. Right. But I was looking at this DTS spec and it says it should be here. And I had to walk them through and go, okay, so you know what's above this part right here? That's your HVAC. Over here is your trunk water line. Over here, you know, there was... Right, there's perfect and then there's perfect in real world. It, exactly. And, and that was the, the problem that we had to, you know, come to terms on was, yes, I realize it's not in spec, but it's as close to spec as you can get without rebuilding your entire room which I knew which you weren't going to do. It's most common out there, Yeah. right? So if you look at every theater across America, most are, you have to have some concessions and do it the greatest you can. And, and the ones that don't take concessions often either give up aesthetics, um, so things don't look good in the room, or they're going to give up some audio. You know, they might have not a perfect audio room, but in, in my, in middle America, in middle what I see is that these are multi-purpose rooms most mm -hmm. often. Yes, there are absolutely still clients out there who are building dedicated rooms and you would not use this for a dedicated room. But, you know, if I had something more multi-purpose, this, this might be a good part, place to start for the end user. Well, heck, I've talked to a bunch of, you know, dedicated theater room builders who won't use CD Designer because it's not good enough or whatever they're And I talked to so many people in the CDA line while waiting for a demo that would tell me they only do million dollar theaters. It's amazing how many of them are out there. Mm -hmm. You would have thought it was That's a small great. number. I'll take everybody else. But when you walk around, everyone tells you they're doing it, which oh. is interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's theaters in a million dollar home. Maybe that's what <laughs> they mean. Easier. I'm going to get hate mail for this. This is great. <laughs> All right. And please do send it directly to me. I would happily respond to you on that. Yep. Yep. Go for it. I will happily have that debate with you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's hit our, our, our likely last story of the day. But before we do, um, cause I meant to mention this off the top and I got sidetracked. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, uh, late last week, I believe, um, yeah, no, actually a couple of days ago, uh, Bose named a new CEO, uh, Leela Snyder, who is a MIT alum. They named her to the CEO position. Uh, one, congratulations to her. That'll be really good for Bose in general to get a, a true engineer back on the top uh, as that was a company that was really built on engineering. Uh, what I do find very intriguing is that... Uh, this is the first time in a long time that they've brought in an outside person. I believe it's the first time they've brought in an outside person. The previous two CEOs had been at the company for 24 years and 30 years respectfully. Uh, so this is, this is intriguing. This is going to be fun to watch. Uh, so congratulations to her. But let's hit our last story of the day. Uh, this comes to us from Residential Tech Today. SurgeX has introduced a new line of UPS solutions with built-in isolation transformers. Uh, I thought this would be a nice book and we started with power. We, we moved to theaters and came back to power. Uh, and that's the way I like to do things these days. Heather, kind of the same question that we had about Sonin and about the battery backups. This is obviously battery backup on a smaller scale. It's not whole home. It's, it's built to go in the rack, 
and uh, eliminate hopefully neutral to ground voltage using uh, their new UPS plus isolation transformers. Uh, so you're, you're, you're creating that, that ground to neutral bond in the rack posted just on the panel, which we all know is not always the best application. This is one of those things that I love it as a product. And because it comes from Surgex, we, we know it'll be a really good product. Uh, I've used Surgex in, heck, my house, in residential properties, in commercial properties, in live sound environments. Surgex is a monster. But this is also one of those really hard things for integrators a lot of times to sell. How do you go about putting something like this on a bid and having it stay on the bid? and not get knocked down to just a basic rack rider. And, and that's, that's the question for sure, right? It's about not bidding product and start bidding solutions so that the entire system is a price versus, you know, how much was this Sony projector versus this other piece versus this speaker. Um, and then to sell the reasons why. So it's not pulling out a piece of equipment and these specific specs, but that here's why that this isn't important. So when your power fails, this will back you up for so long. Um, I think that's the same thing that we've been saying for a long time. You, it's, we've got to stop looking at this as products and start, start looking at this as an overall solution to what the client needs. So, so let, me ask you, let me ask you two questions then. One to play off Heather's point, why are you laughing at two questions? No, Did no, you, you want one? No, no, we just keep asking the software guy about electricity, so. <laughs> I know, it's fun. <laughs> This is, this is more, all right, so this is not about electricity. This is actually about what Heather brought up as far as the, the, the sales aspect. Yeah. How do you go about, because we've all done it, we've all heard it, right? You have to have pr proposal-based stuff, don't line list, all of those things that we've been taught at CD and at Avixa for the last, you know, gosh, 15 years. But how do you deal with the client who sees that, right, gets your proposal and goes, Okay, well, I want to, sorry, you can't see my hand. Um, I want to go through this quote and, you know, we got to shave something. So I don't know what this is. So we're going to cut that. I don't know what this is. We're going to cut that. How do you deal with that side of it from a, from a customer? And then kind of the, the, the follow-up to that question is. Give them your competitor's name and number. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, call these guys. I like that answer. <laughs> Joe's AV will be happy to help you. Um, but the, but the kind of the, the amendment to that question is with something like power, is this one of those things that you really have to just take a stand on and be all in or, or all out? Um, I, I, I think what you, you have to take a stand on is more of uh, being all in on, on the way your company operates and, and saying, uh, to a client like that, I, I think your sales process is probably a little backwards already. Like if they're able to go through and, and remove line items at that point, I don't, I, at that point, when you're getting there, it means to me that the, the budgets weren't set early on and you had no idea. They had no idea that the, the, what they were getting was going to cost a hundred thousand dollars, right? They, they mm -hmm. thought it was going to cost 20. And for some reason that communication got mixed to that point. So I, I think, I think that all the, those types of conversations are, are easily dealt with up front before you get to the point where you're handing over a quote that has maybe line items listed at the end where uh, somebody can come in and, and start striking things. At that point, if they're doing that, 
like like Heather said, it may be better for your 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 competitors to go um, haggle with. Um, if if they're coming to you, they should be looking for a complete solution uh, and, and something that is that is turnkey. And, and you know, you you get in your car and and you don't get this. No, I don't really need this passenger seat here. So let me just line item up. No, you buy the whole car. You get the whole thing, um, windows and all. So I, I think that's kind of how the sales approach should be done. Um, you know, from the beginning, rather than, than getting to the end and just handing over a bunch of stuff to the client for them to figure out. Yeah, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining me. Uh, Seth, if people want to connect with you, learn more about black wire design, where can they do that? And get free snacks, really free snacks. Yeah. Free snacks. (laughs) Free snacks with every shipment. Uh, yeah, we know how integrators work and we know how installers get out on the job site you know, roughly 350 on Friday, you know, and uh, try to set up a full video distribution system. So they get a little hungry. So go over to blackwiredesigns.com and you get free snacks with every shipment. (laughs) Such a love how I do your pitch for you. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, thank you so much for joining us on your first kind of day back, I'm assuming. No, Uh, it was like last week. I was back last week. Oh, it was last week. My apologies. Everything runs so fast these days. It does. It does. It's all, well, no, it's September. This will post, it'll be September, but we're recording it in August. So Heather, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Uh, my meanderings and just brain thoughts are over on uh, Twitter. I am tech, T-E-C-H underscore Chi as in a balance between life and technology and a little bit more serious over on LinkedIn. You can find me by the company name, Southtown Audio Video or by my name. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us for a great conversation. If you'd like to connect with me and send me hate mail about your million-dollar theaters, you can do that at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.